Destiny Church 217 podcast. Today we're hearing from Nora Maragas, a good friend and member of the apostolic team of Destiny Church. In this message, Nora encourages us to live in the identity God has given us. Following the message, take a look at the episode description where you can find scripture references as well as helpful links to learn more about the ministry of Destiny Church. today is a very special uh, time. A good friend of Cheryl and mine in this ministry for many, many years, decades now, uh, Nora Moragas, who is part of our apostolic team, travels all over the place, and she's a wonderful preacher and is anointed of the Lord and certified in so many things, from nursing to restoring the foundations and all sorts of different ministries. She is a blessing to us. She stays in regular contact with us, of course, because she's part of the apostolic team. I'd like you to stand your feet and honor this woman of God this morning. Sister Nora Moragas, come and share the word this morning. Come on, put your hands together. We love you, Nora. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you braved the, the, you, you braved the weather right now. Give yourself a round of applause. All right. Um, yes. Uh, thank you for the warm welcome. It's heat wave here. And it is so good to be back here. Um, I sure am a product of the discipleship of this church. And Pastor Eric and Cheryl pastored me for over 26 years. I started when I was 12, okay. (laughs) I came here in Springfield just a few months before they did. So I was here when Pastor Eric preach his very first sermon and when Cheryl played her uh, first you know showed up behind the keyboard so I have seen the transformation of a church through their leadership and they I would say took the challenge to take over an ailing church of maybe 30 or 60 who was at the brink of extinction and declared with God, all things are possible. And they also, they probably had a jet fuel drink before they came here in uh, Springfield, you know, somewhere in the Holy Ghost, because they also inspired us to believe Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. So, you know, church did not become a church because it was easy. You know, through hard work, dedication, and fueled with faith and determination, they literally took us from a survival mode to a revival mode. And we grew as a community and also spiritually as a body. And they also believed that every believer is a leader. How many leaders are in the house today? And this is the beautiful thing. They looked for ways to qualify us instead of disqualify us. That is the mark of a powerful leader. It empowers leaders. So, 
You know, in, in 1 John 4, 7, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may, be, may have the boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we. My friend Donna was preaching to me while I was driving today, and she was teaching me about, uh, you know, it's like, Nora, I don't like that as he is, because he, she didn't know that I will be preaching on this one. She's like, you know, there are some uh, heavy words that she said, but she's a brainiac. So I said, well, I'm just going to, in my mind, it's like, I'm just going to stay with as he is, so are we, because this is the reality. We came here to church not for attendance. We came here to church because to become the church. So what does, you know, uh, being the church look like? You know, when you're empowered to do something, they have to actually find ways to, to actually equip you, right? So that's when women and men's encounter started. How many of you have gone through the, uh, women's encounter? Look at that. And if you have not been there, ask the people that were raising their hands because it will change your life. After a women's, you know, men's encounter, we also started with what we call, it started as a school of leaders. It is now called Growth uh, Tract. And uh, they took us on a journey. And, and this is what I can truly, this was very palpable, the shift. When Eric took us from, uh, uh, you know, the, the shift was transforming us into a house where we honor culture. And the culture is honor. And um, so, you know, um, they invested. They, women's encounter and men's encounter, there is so much going on in that package. It gives you the opportunity to really know who you are and whose you are. It also gives you the opportunity to really walk in, the, in your healing. And so they were so committed to that in healing and maturing the church, and so committed also to the mandate of heaven that says, equip the saints to do the work of ministry. They are not the leaders that say, come to me. They are the, leader, the leaders that say, go. They sent you. you, do, you so when you go, you, just, you don't just go. Oh, he went. Oh, she went. No, they sent you with a blessing. So, you know, I'm a traveling nurse, and I have traveled in so many places, and I have gone to so many really powerful churches. Nashville, you know, is a Bible belt. And they have really, I can probably, probably hop, like from church to church every Sunday. They have really powerful praise and worship service. They would have a powerful uh, sermon because they would have celebrity speakers, you know, everywhere you go. But you know what? That's not how you grow. You need to be plugged in. You need to be planted to be grounded and grow. So if you're not planted or grounded yet, let me tell you this. It is, it is a hard truth, but you're not growing. And when you're not growing, there will be no fruit. So I encourage you to be plugged in. I encourage you to be here. So if you are not in that place yet, this is not the place of condemnation. This is the place of invitation. So there is no condemnation in that, okay? So um, I can truly say that, yeah, they opened this place, you know, and so if you're willing, I can truly say you will be healed. And if you are open, you will grow. 
And I would like to say that after years of, of service, I, can, you know, I would like to say that they have lived happily ever after. As they meditate on the scripture, and I will read it to you in a paraphrased version. Proverbs 14.4, the only clean stable is a clean, uh, the only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want to work, if you want the work of an ox and enjoy an abundant harvest, you will have a mess or two or three or four to clean up. So they dealt with a lot of bulls. And everything bulls make to make an oxen out of us in their partnership to advance the kingdom. So in that process, shift happens, right? And boy, did they step upon piles and piles of uh, bull stuff. And I believe that they also have uh, sheep's bites to show. But you know what? They never gave up. They gave pain a purpose. And they saw harvest as they plowed the soil. They did not see thorns. They see harvest. They looked for gold and taught us to look for gold in people. That's in the Bible. So let me read to you Isaiah 46 10. It says, Declaring the end and the result from the beginning, from the ancient times, the things which have not yet been done, saying, My purpose will be established and I will do what pleases me and fulfills my purpose. So I declare to you today, and I'm in agreement with the word, that you will be restored to your purpose. So without ado, I would like for you to join me to give an honor first to our fierce leader, Eric and Cheryl Hansen. And I would say to the whole pastoral staff, I thank you, I honor them, I bless them, I so appreciate them. They were patient with me, you know, they came with their, you know, they put a fire that I made, you know. Um, <laughs> so, um, they did not shun me, so praise God. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to ask you folks to uh, stand up. And I would like you to raise your hands towards heaven. Because I would like you to be in agreement with me, with the Holy Spirit, that he will have his way over my life and over your life. Because this is not about what I am speaking here. You did not come here for another sermon. So, Father God, we have our hands raised up on high because we honor you, we honor each other. And we thank you, Lord God, that you lavished us with your grace today that empowers us to be and to do what you have called us to be and to do in accordance to your plans and purposes.
I thank you, Lord God, that it is not about our goodness, but it is about your goodness of why we are here. Father God, we thank you that we are not defined by who people say we are, but we are defined by, by who you say we are. So Father God, we thank you even right now for the grace, Lord Jesus Christ, that you are preparing your children to enter into 2024 from limping to leaping because you are with them in Jesus' name. Woo! Amen. Woo! Yes, and you may sit down. I'm sweating. I can tell my folks, you know, who were telling me that, Nora, don't go. It's too cold there. I said, no, I'm sweating. <sighs> well, you know, New Year is a very symbolic moment for a fresh start. Isn't that what happens when there's New Year? We become, we reflect of what happened in 2023, but we also think about what this would look like for us in 2024. And, you know, um, some had an exceptional year, and others are just ready to move on, yeah. right? And we're moving on. And, you know, um, there's a saying that goes, you know, though no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new beginning. That is about what it is that you're looking for in your 2024 that you would want to manifest and partner with heaven. Because it is about partnering in heaven. It is about what God has already purchased on the cross. I would like the grace of God to take me as far as it would take me. This is not about me striving to be. It is about me living out what he paid for already. So at the foot of the cross's level ground, Jesus does not see apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers. And he also does not see sinners, losers, and whatever. He sees us as sons and daughters. That's the highest calling and the most noble title you can ever have. You are sons and daughters who prophesy. You are sons and daughters who heal the sick. You are sons and daughters who feed the hungry. Never forget, it is not what you do that made you who you are. It is who you are that he created you to be. So don't strive to be a prophet. Don't strive to be a healer. I would say we don't even strive to be sons and daughters. He, did, he, paid, the, he paid the price already. You are just going to be in agreement that, God, you died for me, and I take everything that you paid for, for this year. So God works it out, you know. Um, I would say in Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It is not that you're just so passionate, you know. I have friends here, uh, Tammy and George. They told me this morning, it's like, if you're not, you know, if it's not you preaching today, we would probably not go. So I'm probably blowing off, you know, I'm just, I did not ask their permission to say this. But hey, you know, I said they're afraid that I will be judging them. You know, they're afraid of my religious spirit judging them. So they came. <laughs> but, 
the word of God says, for it is God's work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You might think it's the weather. You might think it's the life circumstances around you. It might, it, you may think that the peer pressure, your parents, your, your father, whatever it is that, that actually influences you to be here. But let me tell you one thing. It is God's pleasure for you to be here today. It is God's pleasure that you are here today. It is God's pleasure that, that you are in step, even though you did not recognize it, God is in step with you today. So God works it out that you and I are here today. It is his plan, his grace, his influence, his pleasure that you and I are here. So welcome to your divine appointment. Well, you know, you brave the cold weather, so I believe that in return you get the fire. <laughs> As you draw nigh to me, he will draw nigh to you. It's, that's the economy of heaven. But don't forget that the reason that we gather, according to Hebrews 10.24, is to stir one another up to love and good works. It's to stir. This is not for attendance that you are here. It is not about you checking the box. Yeah, I made it to church today. This is not, so God, you can bless me in as much as God wants to bless you. This is not about that. The reason that why, why we are here is to stir one under another up. This is the reason why, you know, in as much as I like watching a live stream when I can, I won't. You know why? Because there's no one out there to stir you up, to give you an elbow, to cheer you on and say, hey, you know what? I have a calling. I have a purpose. I am inspired. We are here to inspire each other. So I, 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 I applaud you who showed up today. I applaud you. I'm not bashing the people online. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying I am inviting you to press through, to press through, to press through. So what is to love and, and good work? You know, to love is the heart of God. Good work is the power of God. We have this tendency to pursue power without the heart of God. A person who only, only executes in power without the heart of God is witchcraft. You know, if, if you are reminded, it's not the power of God that identifies you with Christ. Otherwise, Jesus would not say in, in Matthew 7, 21, I don't know you. To someone who says, did I prophesy in your name? Did I cast out demons? Did I do this in your name? God? And God, what did he say? I don't know you. It is not the gift that identifies you. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit that identifies you with him. And it is not really dismissing the power. The power comes when you have the heart for it. I cannot sit, I cannot sit in front of, of a person that's needing healing and not, and not be in agreement with heaven for that person's healing if I don't have the heart of the Father. This is not a show. This is life. So I would truly say, 
You know, um, in Isaiah 43, 18 to 19, it's so crazy. Th thank you, Hannah, for, for the good praise and worship. Pretty much like, you know, I was just thinking, man, it's like all the praise and worship is in my sermon. So they might think that I got my sermon from that. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is here and the Holy Spirit is saying the same message. He wants to, to, to release that word to his beloved children. And uh, Isaiah 43, 18 to 19 says, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Do not call to mind the former things. Are we still hang up on our past? You know, some of us, I would truly say, we packed, we entered 2024 and packed our suitcase with offense, bitterness, resentment, anger. I'm sorry, I have to call it out. This is not condemnation, just like what I said. If you find yourself in that place, in that position, there's an invitation for you. You are not made to carry those things. It's not yours. It's not you. It's not for you. It's not good for anybody. It's not good for your life. So, you know, when, 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 when you enter the, into the place of 2024, 2024 is actually prophesied as an open door. So, who is, let me ask you, who is the gatekeeper of that door? And I say it actually says that he's your rear guard. But let me tell you this, if you're not partnered with Jesus, if you are not partnered with Jesus... You can allow anything to pass through your door. Every issues in your life probably is a telling that you open the door to something that is not of God. Your, your spouse is not your problem. Can we talk about this? It's not your, your issue really, you know, if, if, if you are in the presence of God, if you are immersed in the love of God, when your eyes are fixed on him and him alone and not on, and not on what people did or didn't do for you. And let me tell you this. The Bible said that he created you in his image and likeness. If your life is deformed because of what people said and did or didn't do for you and their name is not Jesus, that's not cool. You know, I, I ministered. Uh, I'm a Restoring the Foundation uh, Inner Healing Minister. And, and it is such a good tool. And the reality is, you know, it's not, in, it, it's not the ministry in itself that brings healing and, 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 and deliverance. It is the truth revealed that you want to live out that brings healing and deliverance. So you can have as many inner healing and deliverance as you can if you are not grounded and embracing the truth about how, who you are. You can have a good day, good day after your inner healing and deliverance for a week or so and get back to where, you, for, for, to where you come from. It's simply because your ungodly beliefs are not untouched. 
are not challenged because you are, you just don't know who, who God is and you don't know the word. So I love that you guys are doing the 31-day challenge in the Proverbs because Proverbs actually it says it teaches us humility because wisdom is humility. When we learn how to, to honor one person over, our, over ourselves, we actually, you know, keep from, you know, looking at them with their flaws. We learn how to see the gold in them because there is the one who sees and looks at our heart and see the gold in us. So, you know, um, there is this... Um, a quote from uh, my favorite inspirational speaker. Um, his name is Jim uh, Ron. And he says, your life does not get better by chance. It gets better by change. Your life does not get, get better by chance. It gets better by change. This is not about the hard life that you have lived. It is the new path that you want to take on that matters. It is about you getting out of the cycle, of the pattern, of, 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 of defeat, of chaos, of that. You know, um, there, there is this uh, scripture that I am, I, I would say I'm just, it resonates with me so, so uh, well. It's in John 4, 3 to 4. And this is the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. I, I love how it is worded in the scripture. And it says in John 4, 3 to 4, Jesus left Judea and went again into Galilee. And in verse 4, it says, he had to pass through Samaria. He had to. He was very intentional. He made it deemed necessary to pass through Samaria and stop by the well at an appointed time. And in verse 6, it says it was about the sixth hour. So what's the significance of the sixth hour in this particular event? The sixth hour was about noontime. When people are taking shelter, they're eating, napping, because they don't want to be out there under the blistering heat of the day. Think Middle East. Think first century when there were no cars, no electricity, and no water system. I would say during that time, there were people, even in our day today, there were people who would rather risk heat stroke than be seen in public on a crowded day and that was the case, actually, of this adulterous woman who was described in John 4. She was frowned at because of what many believed what was her life's choices and moral failures. She was, presumably, the talk of the town. This woman probably wished she was invisible. Not because she doesn't want to be seen or to belong, as confirmed by five husbands, but because of the cycle of pain, of judgment, of rejection, and scorn. You know, this woman was not looking for Jesus. 
painful as it may, she's probably used to being judged, mistreated, rejected. In fact, she probably expected that from every man she lived with because she unknowingly broadcasting to everyone around her that she is the rejected. When you make an identity of what had been, you are going to invite the same treatment. I am the rejected. Guess what? The spirit of rejection will validate it to you by causing people to reject you. And you yourself is, 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 is influenced by that because you look people from the place of rejection that anything that they do, you will actually um, interpret it as rejection. And this is the reason why, church, we need to be healed. This is why, church, we need to be embracing who God says we are. Because if you are still persuaded by what people say and your circumstances, guess what? You become who they say they are and it hurts. They, you know, I heard, uh, was it um, probably... Uh, Chris Valiathan once said that this is the problem if we have untreated fractures. Because when the weight of the glory comes, you fall, you break. And this is the reality. This woman is not alone in her pain and misery. And she probably, you know, she probably sees no end to the trauma and the drama of life. Come on, five husbands. That's she's not, she's not married to. But you know what? Jesus had a different plan. He was looking and waiting for her unsuspecting appointee at her appointed time. And this encounter with Jesus at the well changed her life. I would say the woman's dignity and his, her identity was restored. Otherwise, she would not have returned to the city she was hiding from. With boldness proclaimed that she met a man who knew everything she ever did. But this is the most interesting part about her proclamation. She did not ask, could he be the judge? No, she asked, could he be the Messiah? Could he be the Messiah called Christ, the deliverer as promised in the, in, in the Bible? That's what he or she said. Let me ask you. You are God's divine appointment everywhere you go. Will that person that, that, that you're looking at that attracted you because they're wearing something different? They just talk different? Like I have an accent, don't judge me. that they have really, uh, really not good past, when they encounter you, will they say, is he or she a deliverer? Or will he or she be a judge? Come on. We can be better than that, church. We can be better than that. I'm speaking to you. If you're not saved, you will have an opportunity. But I'm saying this. This word is just for you as anybody else. We're not judging. We're not judging. We have been spared from being judged. We have been loved. You know, Jen, okay, I spent my, 
Christmas Eve at the detention center. No, they did not apprehend me. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's a ministry. <laughs> so I went there, and this is a juvenile uh, place. And so we gave food. We gave, you know, uh, gifts. And, and so they're not allowed to stand because it could be, they could be triggered so quick, and it will be chaos. So we have to come to them and minister to them at you know, after we uh, give the message. So I came to this. So I was, they separated the boys and the girls. So I was at the boys' side. And I was looking at this, probably, he's probably like 13 years old, young man. And I just like start speaking into his life. Because you know what? He's there for a reason. Not by his choice. You know, I'm reading this book. Actually, it's called Determined. That you may think, and sometimes we judge people because they willfully sin, not realizing that that person's decision is influenced by the painful uh, past. And just an example, I have a coworker. She was a brand new hire, and we are training her. And one day I was with her and I was making the assignment and I thought, it's like, okay, this is good for you. You will have three cases, the same case back to back that would really be good to you, for you because you can really like, you know, get it down. Same surgeon, same procedure, you know. Well, she came out of that room and said, Nora, Sisto. I said, yeah, aren't you excited? Three cases? And she was in tears. I said, what's going on? He's like, there are other big cases out there. I want to be in that big case. I don't want to be here. I said, chill. This is learning, part of your learning, part of your learning. And she just don't want to hear it. And she was just in tears. Come to find out that from her previous job, she was called not fast enough, not good enough. So as a punishment, they assigned her into the department, that specialty that they put. And so she carried that with us. That's not our heart. But she thought that she was being punished again. That's the behavior. And sometimes when people had been rejected and had been hurt, sometimes they manifest, right? I mean, we do. And if you throw, if, you know, I look at her and said, how, what can we do? I said, how, how about do the one case? And when you, you think you get better, I'll, I'll, I'll put you in a different case. And just getting the understanding of where she's at. And she did the one case, and then the second and the third, she did not complain. Then after that, she was in tears, and she said, I thought you want to punish me. But because I was like showing her something. It's like this is how you can make it better. You know, serve, serve, serve the surgeon better. And, and, and just like, no, no one stopped to show me how to do it well. Well, that's not even, the, that, that's not even true. There were other people that were teaching to do it. But she took it as a criticism, not as a feedback. So she was so hurt that she cannot even receive love and correction. 
So, so to me, that's not a cool thing to carry, whether you're a Christian or not. That just is too much and too heavy. You are not meant to carry that one. So if we, if we don't know how to separate ourselves from what people say or do, if we don't have the revelation of who we are and whose we are, we are bound to receive, we are bound to bow down, we are bound to be just offended all the time to the things that happen that is not even intentional. You can have so many trauma that is actually, can we say that in your making because of that? And this is not condemnation, okay? Are we cool with that? Because God wants to heal us. I'm bringing this up because I would like you to really think about right now, so many of you came to church with such heaviness in your heart. Some of you came to church with the hopelessness that, that you carried from, your, from, from, from 2023. Some of you, you carried such rejection that you expect people to reject you in, in 2024. Rejection attracts. So I would like us to be in that place when we can come before God and say, God, this is new year for me. This is new year for me. I break that cycle. I break that cycle. I refuse to be in agreement with what the enemy wants to do in my life and be in agreement with what you already have established in heaven. So before, you know, before I really move on, I, I really am compelled. Can you close your eyes? Can you be aware of your breathing right now? Just to start. And right now you're probably aware of what you're carrying. Because sometimes when we are not aware about, about, about what we are carrying, because they have been normal to you, for over the years, to feel that way, you don't even think that, some, that, that that's wrong and that's not right for you, that's not beneficial for you. So with what you have, you know, you, what, what you're feeling and sensing right now, I'm going to ask you, do you want to carry that into the next year? No. So can we... Just make a symbolic uh, stance right now. I invite you to stand up right now. Because you know what? This is not about the sermon. This is not about activation right here, right now. And can we be in agreement with heaven right now to break the cycle of rebellion in our homes can we be in agreement with heaven right now to break hatred and chaos in your marriage? Can we break the cycle right now of one day you're up and one day you're down? Can we break the cycle? I would like you to raise your hands right now. Say, Heavenly Father. I praise you and I thank you that you paid for everything that pertains to my life and godliness. 
I praise you and I thank you that it is you that defined me. As you declared in your words that you established already my purpose for this life. I am in agreement with you and I declare that my life is restored into the life that you have created me to be. And take the power and authority to speak over my home right now. That the enemy will not have a voice. So I break agreement with the lying spirit that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy, that I will not have great peace nor prosperity. I break that, that, that thing in the name of Jesus. So Father God, I receive your grace to put order in my home. And I receive that power and authority right now that you have given to those that believe that I will walk in your power and authority. I break the cycle of curse and sickness and disease. I command you, go in the name of Jesus. You have no rightful place in this body. I have been redeemed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. You know, it is so easy to just get on 2024 with Samo Samo. And since we have been so prayed for in 2023 and nothing happened, we thought that, well, maybe life is what it is. But that is such an ungodly belief. That is such an ungodly belief. Because we have allowed life's circumstances to matter more than to him that matters the most. I believe that this church, when I was talking about where we came from, that was just the sowing years. And so many of you who had not seen and experienced or witnessed what happened in the past, I truly believe that you're still bound to taste and see the goodness that comes from it. So I invite you into that place where your heart is just clear before the Lord. Because this is the reality. It says in Hebrews, it actually says, I'm sorry, you know, um, I'm kind of like 
My, I, I gave scriptures, but I really am not following my scriptures. But I'm speaking to you scriptures, okay? Uh, we're biblical. <laughs> um, in Hebrew, it actually says that the root of bitterness defiles many. And that is the reason why when there is like confrontation, anger, or fight, you can actually enter into the room and sense it. And I heard a sermon that actually said, you know what? If there is offense and unforgiveness in your heart, there is no one shining with somebody who has offense and unforgiveness in their hearts. I love what the Word of God said in John 3.16, going back to that detention center with this 13-year-old. So I was speaking into, her, into his life, and I, I was just like, you know what? You are 13 years old. This is not your life right here, right now. This is not your life right here. And you are not what your mom and dad said you, you were. Or if you have no mom and dad, you're not disqualified to have a better life. So I asked him, I said, do you know John 3.16? And he like light up a little bit. He's just like, yes, John 3.16, for God so lo to love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have an everlasting life. I said, I asked him, I said, how do you see yourself? A sinner or a son? he got quiet. Because why? He'd been told he's a bad kid all his life. That he knows the word for God so love the world. And yet in his mind, Jesus came because I am a sinner. Jesus has to die because of sin, but he did not come and die for sinners. He came and died for sons and daughters. For God so loved the world. We have this eschatology that says God is coming back because the world is getting darker and darker and, and people are getting like worse and worse, you know, worser. That's my English. But now, the word of God says, for God so loved the world. He came because you are loved. I came because you are loved. You came because you are loved. We are not looking for love. We are actually being, we are becoming love. The problem with us is we hear the word, for God so loved the world, and you are called to love others. We're actually the person that demands love instead of becoming love. Can you imagine a church where people embrace who they are as people that are loved and that they can actually freely love people, not because they have to, but because that's just the way it is. If what it is becomes that, we would have church. We would have church. God is love. As he is, so are we. For God so loved the world. Not because you are a sinner, but because you are sons and daughters. If you act like one, maybe there's going to be a change. Can you imagine having kids in your home 
so many kids in your home, and let's say, uh, you know, Devin messed up, or Marsha messed up. I mean, can you imagine Marsha's dad introducing her to her to his friends and say, "This is my my uh, this is Marsha, the sinner, instead of Marsha, my daughter." Isn't that how we sometimes identify people? They're sinners. Or we felt so unworthy because we are sinners. The last time I checked, the Bible said that it is the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Cancer is not punishment. If there's cancer in your body, if there's sickness in your body, that has no rightful place in your body. He already paid for that healing. Don't be jaded that, you, you know, you have been prayed for, therefore you're not going to come and, 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 and challenge hell again. Give, put this back. You know, I was listening to uh, Dave, uh, David Hogan. He went to, uh, it's a Mexico place. And he was uh, sharing that um, he went to this place and he, it, it, it's like witchcraft is just palpable. And he saw a man like cutting a bullfrog and drinking the blood and cursing him. And so it's like, you know, that was weird. But, he, you know, um, so he went back to his, uh, he was staying to uh, like uh, a small house, a friend's house uh, on the basement. And so he was on bed, and all of a sudden, you know, the window does not really have, like, window, it's just, like, uh, drape. And all of a sudden, the wind blew. And, and, and you can see that, like, that the drape was just, like, straight up because of the, of the wind. But then there's a stench. And then all of a sudden, his bed was moving. Like, like, like moving, being pushed back to the other corner. And so he got up and I said, uh-uh. I said, you don't know who you're messing with. Because you know why? He knew who he is. He has the spirit of God. So he stood up and he said, I command you, get out. And this is the crazy part. That's all he said. He did not really have an elaborate, like, you know, when you're nervous, we can, all we can say is, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, it's like a nervous prayer. It is not coming from faith. It's coming from fear, right? So we just, he, he's just like took authority over it. And so the wind blew like straight back out and the drape just went straight to the other direction. And the smell left. And then his bed was still in the other corner. I said, uh-uh, I'm not moving that bed. Come back. And this is why he said, put my bed back. And that bed moved to where it was. That's not just a David Hogan power and authority. That is for every believer. That is not for pastors only, for evangelists, for anybody. It is for the believers. Right now, some of you are probably listening to me and said, that's not happening in my life. That's not what's going on. So we are pretty much like defining the word of God based on our experience. It's not right with my life, so maybe the word of God is not the truth. 
that is deception. And that is the devil's way of keeping you from embracing and entering into your place, into your rightful place in the kingdom of God. So, if there's anything and something going on in your home, in your life right now, that is not in the right order, I would invite you to come. Because this is the reality. Going back to the life of the woman at the well. When Jesus, when he was speaking to Jesus, and Jesus came back with, 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 with an answer that says, uh, you know, when, when she said, I don't have a husband, and Jesus said, um, you have five? And, and the woman actually said, you are right. You are right. That's transparency. That's transparency. Um, there's a saying in AA that says that you're just as sick as your secret. We fear people of what they think about us more than our healing, opportunity to really link arms with heaven to get our healing, to get our deliverance, to make a stand in our home that says, put it back. So, I would like to really give you that time just to be honest within yourself. This is 2024. If you want your, your 2024 to matter, if you want your 2024 to be different than your 2023, you got to get up and make a change. And it starts with what you believe about who you are and who God is. It, it, it starts with you agreeing more with what heaven is declaring over your life, over what life just do. Your life is more powerful than life in itself because Christ, if Christ is in it. So I invite you. If you want, if you're looking at your family's chaos right now and says, enough, enough of that, I, I invite you to stand up. If you're dealing, you know, if you packed your suitcase with addiction still, with depression still, with trauma, sometimes the devil will give you the, 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 the right excuse to, to remain in that bandage because you think this is how I should feel. I had been traumatized, therefore I live like traumatized. We forget that Jesus Christ died already for your healing. He died already for your, for your transformation. He died already. He died so that you can live the life that He called us to live. You want to break the cycle of debt and death and debt in your home? Come on, let's be transparent before God. It is God's pleasure. God is not obligated. He's not obligated 
to, to, to answer and, 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 and hear your cry. No, it is His pleasure that you walk in that healing that, that you have been longing for. You know, we can pray. You know, I, 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 I just have this, this, this vision before that, you know, we pray to walk on water. And yet, we don't have the power to walk away from a fight. We pray to heal the sick sometimes, but we don't have the power to say no to donuts. I'm really getting in your space right now. If you are still in that cycle of defeat and chaos, it's time to make a stand and say, God, this is a new open door. I would like to be, I would like to be. You, you know, he is, he is the, 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 he guards your, what? He is your rare guard, right? He sends angels to go before you. Some of our angels are unemployed. And the Bible, if you read, uh, you know, Psalms 103, it actually says that, that the angels perform your word, the word. He, they actually do the bidding. You know, in hell, Satan do the, the bidding of hell. In heaven, angels are sent. So we don't even know what kind of help you have been given. You know, we, we, I, I, you know, we have a joke that, you know, probably my angel is bald because it's always like, so what she's doing? <laughs> so, but I, I would like you to put that into your awareness that you are not walking this, living this life alone. And if you want to claim that territory, I encourage you to come up here and say, I am taking my territory back. I am taking what the enemy had stolen from me back and not only demanding what was stolen from me, from me, but I am demanding that it shall be restored sevenfold in Jesus' name. When, the, when, when you wake up, it should be the devil saying, Oh, crud, he or she woke up. It start church to embrace who you are. You are not the rejected. You are not unworthy. You are not disqualified. God is about restoring the church because the church, we have so many people coming into the church. Revival is coming. Hard times are coming. Hard times are not meant for, for the righteous. Hard times are actually going to, to be felt by people who don't believe. We will feel it, but we know for sure that we are on God's side. So we're making a stand right here, right now. And we have to set it into our hearts and say, I am reclaiming my rightful place in the kingdom right now. So raise your hands. I believe that some of you here are waiting for 
you know, you to be restored back to your destiny. We're, we're called Destiny Church. So why can't you have that? So I declare destiny. I declare destiny. I declare destiny to each and every one of you right now in the name of Jesus. I break any limiting spirit right now in Jesus' name. I break the limiting spirit right now in the name of Jesus. You are not defined by your past. You are defined by the one who died on the cross for you. Any ministers at the back that's not here? I'm going to ask you to uh, come up, please. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is going to be your leap year. The enemy had put a chain on your ankle. Not because of what you did. But because of, the, because of the potential that you can become a threat to the kingdom. That weight in your ankle is not really there. I mean, it, it, it is an illusion so that you will believe that you can move on. That you cannot get to where you needed to be. The devil wants you to be stuck because he knows. You know what? The devil is, is afflicting you not because you are weak, but because you are strong. So we break that chain off right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that you are restoring her back to her rightful place in the kingdom. And I thank you that you have placed, Lord Jesus Christ, your anointing upon her that breaks the yoke of bondage in the name of Jesus. So I declare newness in your beginning. Newness in your beginning in Jesus' name. What's your name? Father God, thank you for Amanda. You hear the silent cries of her heart. I thank you. The Bible said, Amanda, that he will silence the accuser. He will silence the accuser of your life. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. God is bringing not only healing and restoration in your life, but He is putting back what has that enemy has stolen from you. And I felt like God is saying to you, your honor and dignity is as pure in my eyes as I look at you. I don't define you about what you did. You're defined by what I did. So I come against fear right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord God, that you are restoring, Lord Jesus Christ, unto her joy, joy, joy that the enemy had stolen from her in the name of Jesus. Amanda, you're going to have a legacy. You are going to have a legacy and you're going to walk into that place that God has called you to be. Not only to be, but to do. So I break, every, I cancel out every negative word spoken over your life 
in the name of Jesus. I cancel every curse in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord God, that you declared her holy, holy, and pure before you. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. What's your name? Andy. Andy. Andy, you might think that you've been like, you know, gosh, they always, always just overlook me. You're not overlooked. You know what? The devil would like for you to think that you have nothing to offer because you are full of goods. You know, the enemy will not speak about your value if you don't have value. So the, the, mo the moment that they are actually devaluing you, that means to say that you carry so much within you and that's who you are. You have value and you have something to offer. And I pray, Lord God, for the brokenness in this heart right now. Broken dreams to be restored in Jesus' name. You said that you are going to restore back, Lord. You are restoring back the dreams of her youth. Father God, I thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that any hurts that she had experienced in her past, any hurts that she experienced even when she was in the womb, any attempt on her life, we break that off in the name of Jesus. You are walking into that place of peace because the God of peace is within you. So Lord God, I thank you, Lord God. Fear, fear, fear in that dark, fear of the dark. I command that to leave in the name of Jesus. So Father God, I thank you, Lord, that Amanda is going to walk into that light. In Jesus' name. What's your name? Okay. I felt so tall. <laughs> Caitlin, you are a leader of leaders. You are a leader of leaders. And you know what? The enemy would come and tell you that you're not good enough and probably you're not worthy. But of course, anything that you hear that does not produce life is from hell, right? Anything that does not produce life within you or around you is from hell. And that's how you can tell what and, and, and really determine whether the voice that you're hearing is from God or from the devil. You are being released to speak life into that generation that you are in. You can be a prophet to your, new, to your generation. You can be the bridge from the cool to uncool because God's anointing rests upon you. And God is bringing you into that place of intimacy with Him because what, you know what? When you're seeking intimacy outside of Him first, you're just, you just, you, you, you will just get the, you know, you, you'll be lobbled by the devil. 
But God has something better in store for you. This is not about your resources, but the resources of heaven that you're in agreement with. So I break right now the spirit of poverty over you in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you, Lord God. I break that spirit of an orphan spirit where I just have to take care of myself. God wants to take care of you. God wants you to learn how it is to be a daughter. Because if you don't know how to, to embrace yourself as a daughter, you cannot receive the, the love of the Father. So I pray that any father hurts that you have right now, dad's not there. He's not protecting me. He's not providing for me. I break those things off in the name of Jesus. You are not without hope. You are not without provision. You are not without protection. And definitely, you are not without a future. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord God, for Caitlin. I thank you, Lord God, that you see her. You see her. In Jesus' name. You know, when we were, like, doing some prophetics, I shopped. Because you know what? The word of God is not just actually from the person that I pulled in. It's actually for you. So if those words resonated with your spirit, would just say, I receive it. So Father God, I thank you, Lord, that everything is sealed by your words. Everything is sealed by your words. In the sickness in their body, I command, I speak into your blood right now. I speak into your blood right now. Be healed from diabetes. Be healed from high blood pressure. Be healed from any blood-borne disease in the name of Jesus. Your blood, there is a blood that speaks a better covenant, and that's Jesus. So anything I command, so I command that blood that's under the blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus if there's any addiction in your life right now can we be in agreement with heaven right now just set your heart I know it's hard I mean I really don't know what that is but God knows I only know of hunger and I want to eat more but some of you are going through something that's far greater than that. So right now, I release peace, peace, peace over you right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you are the bondage breaker in Jesus' name. And you are releasing your children so that they can leap into the, this year full force without being weighed down by addiction. So Lord God, right now I pray, Lord God, that you purify their desires. Purify their desires. Purify their desires. I break shame. I break guilt right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you that you are the God that restore honor and dignity. You looked at your children with honor and dignity. We are loved. We are loved. So Father God, thank you, Lord. Pastor Eric.
Father, we thank you for Nora, and we ask that you would bless her in her ministry. You bring great increase, Lord, more wisdom, more knowledge, more revelation. Lord, we thank you that uh, she's sent by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the word she's spoken this morning. And we seal it up in our heart, and we, we choose to believe what you say about us, not what the accuser says. So let this be a year of victory in our lives, this church, Nora's life. God, that uh, should this be the year that you return, that you would find us faithful doing your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Put your hands together. Thank Nora for coming this morning. God bless you all. Have a wonderful afternoon. This has been a message from Destiny Church in Springfield, Illinois. To learn more about our ministry, visit the episode description where you can find links to our website, ways to give, and more about who we are. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant, relationship.